Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. After Buzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Welcome again, AMC Turn fans. Welcome to another edition of the After Buzz After Show. I'm your host, Megan Salinas, here to talk to you about the explosive season finale, Gunpowder Treason and Plot, Season 2, Episode 10. And holy cow, was that intense. That was a fantastic way to end the season. I cannot wait to talk to you about it. Unfortunately, my co-host Kristen Carroll is away. She is out on assignment, so I'm afraid it's just Lieutenant Salinas here holding down the fort. But joining me here is our wonderful producer, Marissa. Marissa, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Megan. It's us again. It is! You know, we started this together and we'll finish it together. Well, really... yeah, that's how I should go. <laughs> it's very fitting. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, and thank you to all of you in the live chat. I see a lot of you are active in there, so thank you so much for staying up to tune in. We really appreciate your comments, and we're also keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTurn on Twitter if you have any comments or feelings about the finale, because I don't know about you guys, I have a lot of feelings about this finale. Uh, but before we get started, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about a survey that we're doing here at AfterBuzz. We love hearing from you. So keep sending us your tweets and comments. We read every single one of them, and that is true. I actively check all of my hashtags for all my different shows. So don't miss the chance to take our very important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help us make the show the very best it can be. It'll only take about three minutes of your time, and you'll get instant gratification that comes with knowing you're helping us out a lot. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and help us get to know you better. Do it now. Take the podcast1.com survey. That's podcast1.com. And keep those tweets and comments coming. And folks, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes and all of that fun stuff. Rate, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. I know I've said that about five times just now, but we really do. It really means the world to us to see your comments on YouTube, on iTunes and Twitter, and just engaging with you guys during the week. It really means 
means the world to us, and it's going to mean the world to us now that the season for Turn is done. So please share your feelings with us, and let's use that hashtag RenewTurn, because I need a season three after this finale. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This finale was pretty dang great. It tied up a lot of great loose ends. I will say, though, that the only problem I had with it was actually during um, the climax, actually, during the battle. And I'll, I'll touch on it more later. But uh, there was an opportunity for character confrontation that we hadn't seen since the previous season. And I thought it would have really paralleled last season a lot if they had done it. There's a point in the battle where Caleb and Ben and Simcoe are all on the battlefield together and not once do they ever lock eyes, not once do they ever have a direct confrontation with each other. They're always and granted it's the battle, so yeah, it's a it's pretty chaotic and there's a lot going on. But I thought it would have really mirrored last season's finale really well if there had been some confrontation and the fact that they didn't, it's the only thing in this finale to me that feels like wasted potential. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. Uh, if you guys feel differently, please feel free to let us know. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Uh, why, why do you think they put it off? I suppose so that it can be something they come back to. And it might have been that they initially wanted to do something where there was a clash between um, Caleb and Ben with Simcoe because they all three of them obviously have a very torrid history together. So to have all three of them on the battlefield and not really do anything with it seems odd to me. But I think the main reason for it was so that neither... Ben, Caleb, or... Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Simcoe was killed because it's too early to kill off any of them yet. And Caleb already survived a battle confrontation with Robert Rogers. So maybe they would have just maybe it would have seemed unrealistic for um, for them to clash with Simcoe and for all three of them to get out of it alive. Do you think having them actually interact with each other the way that you wanted them to, do you think that would have slowed down the storyline, whatever, all the action that was going on it's possible that they wanted to do that and it ended up being cut for time but in all honesty it was the one thing i was waiting for because they made a point of getting simcoe out onto the battlefield so it just seemed odd to me to have that set up 
and for the execution to not go that way. That isn't saying that the battle scene was not good because it was great. It's probably the best battle scene we've had on turn this entire season. Um, actually, for the entire series, because la- uh, probably the best battle scene was um, at the end of last season. So this is probably the best battle we've seen throughout the entire series. And it just seemed weird to me to have that set up and to not follow through with it. I see. Like I said, if you guys feel differently, if you guys were perfectly okay with them not going that route, let us know because we want to hear what you have to say too. Well, Sorwa in the YouTube chat, thank you everyone for chatting, he's, he or she says, I agree, was expecting some Caleb Simcoe Ben action. Ka- Kalinikis 72 says, strange that never caught sight of one another. Yeah, I mean... I guess, you know, it's a battlefield. You never quite know what's going to happen in the chaos. But, yeah, it it does seem a little strange. Uh, That being said, apart from that, apart from that kind of missed opportunity, this was a really solid finale. So, um, and we'll get more to the battle a little later. Uh, But right now, I want to talk about a couple different aspects of the plot. And let's start off with... Of course, the subject that is near and dear to my heart, uh, John Andre and Peggy and Benedict Arnold. Let's talk about that storyline because this episode is where we see John Andre at his sloppiest and at his most low. And it's kind of heartbreaking to watch because normally he is very, very collected, very composed and very kind and we we see him at his lowest point in this episode when things kind of backfire on him because he was too hasty and overconfident he was so sure in his plan uh with the way that they had set up general lee to walk into a trap and the plan would be for them to make a hasty and embarrassing retreat after this trap was sprung that it would completely it would allow them to completely decimate uh, Washington's forces, who are supposed to be a day behind Lee's. So, um, so it was, it was heartbreaking, kind of, because uh, we, even though we want obviously the Patriots to win, and we know that ultimately they win, we see John Andre and his reasoning for wanting to get the war over with. Because the sooner he can get this war won, the sooner he can go back to Philadelphia to go back and be with Peggy. Which um, I know my co-host Kristen and I had been talking about. We we thought he loved her to an extent, but ultimately was still 100% okay with using her in order to uh, win the war. That she, even though he cared for her to an extent that he she was just another pawn. In this episode, we see that we were wrong. Um, so I will go ahead and gladly say that I was wrong on that one because here, and maybe it's because he thought he was going to win, um, but the fact that he is confronted with this, uh, <laughs> with this loss and it's going, it's delayed his plans. He can no longer go back to Philadelphia it's completely changed, and now she ha- uh, the way he let he put it is he's left her in the hands of that blue bear. Um, so we can tell that's not at all the way he wanted things to go. He wanted to win the war so he could come back to her. And I don't know if it's just him having lost or if he really does love her. And here it, it appears as though he really does love her, but it may very well also just be his pride uh, and the fact that his scheme kind of backfired on him. Uh, meanwhile, we have Peggy 
and Benedict Arnold back in uh, Philadelphia. And he has kind of bullied her father into accepting his proposal and giving his blessing, which Peggy was hoping that that would delay him a little bit. Didn't quite work that way uh, because Benedict Arnold sees something he wants. He's going to go for it. And so um, she kind of tries to delay him a little bit by saying, hey, my older sister um, is engaged. I want to wait until she's married. And, of course, that kind of backfires on her because uh, there is no suitor. Um, or if there is one, uh, he if, if that story she told was true, which I don't think it is, uh, then there's no way that her suitor is coming back anytime soon. And... So Benedict Arnold, uh, it's the first time we see him short with her where he straight up says, why are you denying me what I want? I'm tired of being denied what rightfully belongs to me. And um, she basically uses that against him and basically says we and convinces him that delaying the wedding is fine. And he's perfectly OK with that uh, because she is OK with um in- having a relationship. Uh, <laughs> so she is able to seduce him in that way, um, all while hanging on to John Andre's hairlock that he left her, which I I will honestly say that I... It's kind of... It's weird for me because I'm also on the Orphan Black panel, and I really don't like uh, this actress's character on that show. Uh, she's a schemer. If any of you are watching Orphan Black, Shay is a schemer. Um but here, this is probably the most I've ever felt for Peggy um, during the scene because it was it was exceedingly uncomfortable to watch uh, the two of them be together and knowing that her heart is elsewhere. It was very difficult to watch, and I really felt for her. Um, that doesn't mean I'm cutting Shay any slack for those of you who watch Orphan Black. Trust me, she is no good. <laughs> anyway, so to kind of move on. Let's talk about uh, Mary and Anna and Abe uh, back in Setauket because they they kind of came up with a brilliant plan, uh, Anna and Abe, in order to kind of cover up what happened to the two Queen's Rangers who um, who had attacked them the uh, a few nights prior uh, because they had disposed of the bodies. Anna pulls a whole switcheroo on. Um, with uh, the flasks and is able to make it look like it's one of the red coats and and a huge brawl erupts and it's so it's it there's a lot of dramatic tension anytime the queen's rangers and uh the brittle uh the british royal forces are there as well because it's simcoe versus hewlett and you know that at any moment any spark could set off an explosion between the two of them and guns will just fire so, but when a brawl erupts, I, I did love Simcoe's reaction because he says, I should have never let Akimbode leave for New York. That was a mistake because you guys are idiots. And it was so hilarious because it really shows, um, first of all, that Anna's plan worked. And second of all, that he really does value um, Akimbode as a second in command, which is something we talked to Samuel Roken about last week, and that um, Simcoe sees himself as a very good judge of character. And he's correct, because without Akimbode there, uh, he is definitely short, a very honorable and loyal man. So... It, it was it was a brilliant part on Anna um, for Anna to pull off this move uh, this maneuver. 
especially because Simcoe's keeping a close eye on Abe. So it was really great to see them pull this off together. They're asking in the YouTube chat, did uh-huh. you think Anna was going to sell out Abe? Did sell you see out it? Abe? Yeah, did you see it coming? Um, which part are they talking about? It says sell out Abe? Yeah, you had to wonder if Anna was going to sell out Abe. Oh, um, well, later on in the episode, that's definitely a concern, um, because after this, uh, after this whole sequence, and it's clear that Simcoe is going to be leaving, Abe is left with a little bit of a conundrum because Hewlett needs him uh, to compile a report from his time in New York to send off to John Andre because even though Simcoe's leaving for now, he is going to be coming right back. And the best way to get Simcoe out and away from Satake is redirecting him towards New York where, quote-unquote, according to Hewlett, the real threat is. So... This puts Abe in a dire position because he needs to com- he needs to give Hewlett something uh, in order to maintain his cover, but he has nothing to give him except for information that will give away their man in New York. So Abe, instead of falsifying information, uh, in- instead chooses to um, th- to think that he- killing Hewlett is the best option. And when he informs Anna of this plan, she refuses. And I I have to tell you guys, my heart melted a little. <laughs> um, because I am totally on board with shipping Hewlett and Anna now. Uh, I, I, I never necessarily thought that that would be a thing. Um, What's their ship name? I, oh, that's a good, that is a good question. His name is Edmund and her name is Anna, so... Maybe maybe their last name. Anmund? <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, her last name is her husband's name. She's still married. Because <laughs> um, yeah, her last name is Strong and his is Hewlett. Guys, come up with a good ship name. I am on the spot right now, and I I can't keep my mind on that many things at once. Come up with a good ship name, and maybe we'll read it aloud if uh, if there are any good ones out there. So, and I'm sure a ship name already exists uh, for those of you who are clever out there. Anywho. So my heart completely melted uh, at seeing this because it it has shown that their relationship has grown. And I really genuinely like that she has developed feelings for him because any time they were together prior to this, I felt really bad because a part of me always thought that she was just using him. And, oh, gosh, just the fact that he's so completely in love with her, it broke my heart. So now to see it that she actually genuinely has developed feelings for him or at least some sympathy, um, it, it, it really does. It makes me feel good, and I totally ship it. That's awesome. And people are shipping Strulet. Strulet! I like it. Strulet. I like it. <laughs> it. It rolls off the tongue very nicely. Strulet. I like it, guys. Well done. Um but, yeah, but you know who's not on board with the ship? Abe. <laughs> because uh, he, uh, I love the way he put it, was that Anna was the one who last season was like, let's storm, let's storm, you know, let's storm the churches, you know, tear. She was the one being rebellious, and it was her fire that really incited him to join this cause in the first place because he loved her. And now she's changed her mind because she's, well, she's still loyal to the cause, but she doesn't want to murder this man who she acknowledges is a good man who last season she was calling for his head. So 
it's kind of amazing to see that kind of character growth and to see how this relationship has developed. And Abe is like, okay, well, if you're not going to help me murder him, I'll just murder him myself, which in and of itself is all kinds of terrible. But it has created a new team-up that I absolutely adore that we need more of. Team Mary and Team Anna combined their forces together to prevent Abe from actually killing Hewlett, which, thank God, because that scene was super intense where he's just stepping closer and closer with the knife and he's just getting ever so closer while Hewlett's back is turned. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Team Mary. You rock. (laughs) Way to save Hewlett. Um, But anyway, I did love... And just speaking about Team Mary, uh, people really don't give her enough credit for how fierce she has become because her way of being able to save Hewlett uh, but still allow her husband to be safe uh, is to not kill Hewlett but instead kill the courier, which, of course, is uh, the man who shot uh, Richard last season. So it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone in terms of getting revenge. And, oh, poor Anna, because uh, her rationale against killing Hewlett in the first place was that it was it's cold-blooded murder. Because it's not like defending yourself from a soldier or a mercenary who is about to kill you, as it was last season with... Um, Ensign Baker, and like it was in the previous episode with two of the Queen's Rangers who were getting ready to murder them, uh, this is straight-up assassination. This is murder, which is crossing a little bit of a line. And I know that last season we had um, we were hypothesizing that the entire first season was building up to Abraham killing someone. And we were right. It was Ensign Baker. This season has culminated in him committing murder, which is a little different than uh, defending yourself or accidentally fire, you know, pulling the trigger or doing it as a reaction. This, as Anna put it, is cold-blooded murder. And even when it's no longer Hewlett that is the subject of, um, of the attack, she is still not on board with it, and she is still very, very distraught at what happened. And so sure enough, Abe assassinates the courier, uh, which <laughs> was... Pretty, pretty fantastic because uh, his reaction was, you shot me, and he said, you shot my father. So it was a really great scene when all of a sudden another gunshot uh, hits the courier and Rogers comes out of nowhere. I just want to say that I was right. It was Robert Rogers, and he kidnaps Abe and takes him back down to the cellar where Abe conducts all of his spy work um, because we saw him watching not only at the end of last episode but earlier in this episode as well when Anna was leaving the basement uh, that he was like, okay, I'm and I got to tell you, this was an intense scene, but I'd be lying if I if I said that I thought that Rogers was going to kill him or if I didn't think that he was going to offer Abe some sort of uh, proposal. Because the last time we saw Rogers, he had been betrayed by the crown. So now he has a personal vendetta against John Andre and even the King of England himself. So, I, and I knew that he would never really 
be 100% on board with Washington's side either because Washington slighted him all those years ago. But right now, his main target is John Andre. So when he caught Abraham, I had a feeling he was going to offer him some kind of proposal. Although I have to say, he did it in the most intimidating and unnecessarily violent way possible because there was absolutely no need to beat the beat the hell out of Abe. There was no reason for that. Um but I guess I I guess he's just a very angry man having been slighted so many times and deceived so many times as well. That's uh yeah, so um and not to jump too far ahead, but that's where we're left at the at the end of the episode. Um so I hope that season three and we'll talk a little bit about predictions, but I hope that season three will focus a little bit more on Rogers but um we're not done. We've still got a lot in this episode to talk about. Uh mainly Simcoe going into battle and the conspiracy against Washington. But before we talk about that battle, I actually have another announcement for you guys. Uh we have another battle that we would like to inform you about. Dance Battle America. We want to tell you about something really cool. You can now apply to Dance Battle America, ABC's newest competition special, from our very own Afterbus founder and E host Maria Menudos and Juliana Howe. From Dancing with the Stars comes ABC. Oh, Huff. Thank you. I can't read. I'm illiterate. (laughs) Comes ABC's special Dance Battle America. During the holiday season over the last two years, Juliana and Maria have engaged in a fearsome dance battle via social media. Once the challenge took off, celebrities like Kate Hudson and Amber Riley joined in and a dance craze uh, battle began. Now the ladies are challenging everyone in America to battle it out for the chance to fly to L.A. and compete on the show scheduled for this fall. So if you want the chance uh, to dance on the network television, go to DanceBattleAmericaCasting.com for information on how to submit your video. And don't forget to post it on social media using the hashtag DanceBattleABC. So be sure to do that, guys. It is a ton of fun. Uh, and you get to come out to L.A. here where the Afterbus Studios are at, and that's where all these fine and cool people hang out. Yeah, and <laughs> I'll just say, I've actually been a part of the original Dance Wars. Yeah, Dance that's Dance Battles right. now. But you should definitely check them out on Instagram, social media. Like, they blew it up. It's awesome. They're really fun. And if you want a chance to fly out to L.A., be on national television, submit Dance Battles ABC. Yeah, no, and it's awesome. And even if you don't want to participate in the competition, check out the hashtag because seeing everybody dance is just phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's awesome. So now that we've talked about the dance battle, which how different would the show be if every uh, everything was decided via dance-off? Uh, let's talk about the upcoming battle. Uh, so General Lee, the setup for this, uh, we talked about it last week, was that General Lee has been given half of Washington's troops. He'll be going in, and of course, it's a trap. And Ben, sensing a trap, uh, has uh, decided to lend his dragoons to Lee's forces. And Lee, being the uh, gentleman that he is, has sent Ben out into the front and center of the battle uh, to be the tip of the spear, as he puts it, uh, which is basically saying, um, you know this is a trap, I know this is a trap, you're going out on the front lines. That's, uh, yeah, way to go, generally. You are awful. You horrible person. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Ben, of course, suspects a trap, 
And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. Uh, they uh, the trap is sprung with General or Major Andre looking on on top of the hill with the other generals, and so they're watching uh, as their the Patriot forces are overtaken. And Ben and Caleb are trying uh, with all their might to hold the line because Washington is counting on them. Washington's supposed to be a day behind them. And sure enough, uh, General Lee orders a retreat. So they they fall back. And all the while, Ben is trying to convince everybody to go back and hold the line because Washington is counting on them. Well, just when Lee um, says he's going to execute him as a traitor if he doesn't follow uh, his orders, sure enough, who comes out of the blue but General Washington. And I loved this moment between him and Ben because as soon as he comes riding up, you can see, you can just see it in his eyes that this is exactly what Washington had been planning from the start when he gave his forces to General Lee in the first place. Um, and you can kind of see it in the quick glance that they, they, they lock eyes for just a moment. And there's just this look of, Yes, everything went just like I planned it. And um, I we we had been talking about it last week that it was a possibility that he let that information go to Ben so that Ben would need to be exactly where he needed to be. And sure enough, I believe that's what it was. Um, so this has given Washington the perfect opportunity to publicly chastise Lee, send him to the rear, and actually overtake the battle uh, and create an ambush for the British forces who are in hot pursuit. So they are able to ambush the British and retake the battlefield and come out on top and win the day uh, after, after for Washington, what was a tactical retreat. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And, and I be, I'm beginning to see why um, I believe Washington was called the old fox because it, it's true. He just had this kind of mischievous grin on his face um, after everything kind of came together. And I, I will add one more thing about the battle. I know I said I was disappointed at the lack of um, the Simcoe and Ben and Caleb confrontation. But can I just say Caleb had this really cool hand cannon? I don't know what it was. I'm sure it's a real historical thing. But it was a hand cannon, and it looked awesome. And I'm like, watching watching the fight ensue, I was like, of course, of course Caleb's going to have a hand cannon. That makes so much sense. Ah, that that is that fits in perfectly with his character. So I thought it was fantastic. Um, Are they still around? Hand cannons? Hand cannons. I have no idea. <laughs> It was this cool steampunky looking thing. It, I mean, I figure most uh, things from uh, most weaponry kind of became obsolete after the machine gun. So I would imagine that a hand cannon really wasn't a thing anymore. But um, the, the closest thing to hand cannons I can think of is when they, you know, shoot all the shirts into the crowds. You know? <laughs> that type yeah, of cannon. It's like a shirt cannon now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was actually a lot like that, only with a little tiny cannonball um and it was really effective in the field uh by the look of it but yeah it was like while i was watching it like i said i just was like of course that's the weapon that caleb would choose it makes the most sense this is the same guy who um you know came into new york harbor in a turtle so that makes complete and total sense to me um so like i said even though i was disappointed that there wasn't a confrontation with simcoe all in all, this was a really, really cool fight scene, and it's probably been the best scene uh, in terms of battles that we've seen in turn 
in the entire series because the ser- the show is not about warfare necessarily. It's about spying. So they tend to gloss over battles. Somebody always passes out or we cut away or, you know, it's mentioned in passing. And they were saving it all for this. And I, I really feel like that was a good decision. I feel like that was a good use of um, of their funds because, let's face it, n- there no show has the budget to go into battle every single episode. They they waited for the opportune, much like Washington, they waited for the opportune moment, and they gave us a really great scene. So I really appreciated that. But just because the battle is won doesn't mean the fight's over because uh, later on that night, uh, Ben and Caleb had to de- uh, had to detain Bradford, who uh, was. Um, a subordinate of uh, General Lee. So uh, they detain him because he is part of a conspiracy in order to kill, whose mission is to kill Washington. And this was information that they were able to get from Townsend. And this is the the plot that we were told about um, last episode, uh, where we didn't get to find out the details because Abe... And Caleb and Anna got were kidnapped by the Queens Rangers. So now we get to hear the full details of the plot. And this was a brilliant plan by Ben, by the way, in order to fully uh, get everybody who had been participating in this. Because they didn't have all of the details, um, even though the plot had been spoken about in public, you know, in in the enemy territory. Uh, they still didn't have the full details as to everybody who was involved in it. They knew Bradford, uh, Tyron, and Matthews were all involved, but one of the lifeguards, and it turned out to be um, Hickey, he ended up being the one. Uh, and, and again, this was a brilliant setup because they invite both of the bodyguards in and allows one of them to volunteer to go fetch Bradford discreetly so that Washington uh, can confront him. And, of course, Hickey volunteers, um, and when he attempts to kill, when he attempts to kill Bradford, uh, that's when Caleb catches him. And so they've caught the two co-conspirators, the people who were planning on taking out General Washington, and now they can be dealt with discreetly. And by dealt with, I mean taken out behind the chemical shed and shot, uh, if we're going with V for Vendetta <laughs> parallels. But, yeah, so they can be executed very discreetly, very secretively. And uh, because according to them, secrecy is the key to security. As long as the ring is se- secret, it's secure. Which, of course, it's not secret Keep it anymore. Secret. Keep it safe. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> this girl knows what's up. <laughs> but again, this was a really ingenious plot. And just from a character dynamic standpoint, it is such a relief to see Ben and Washington back on the same page. Because even though Washington kind of put Ben uh, on the right track that he needed to be in for this battle, um, and that he regained his trust in him, they hadn't actually come back together yet. They weren't necessarily a united front. It was still kind of Washington moving his pawns and, and chess pieces around a little bit. And now it feels like they're a united front again. Um, it feels like Ben is, is actually a member of the team again, which 
they've been at odds basically this entire season. So it's nice to see them come back together and to go back to the level of respect that they had, maybe even more so. In fact, I, I do think more so because it's less of a father-son dynamic and more of a mutual respect one. Although I think there's still a little bit of a father-son dynamic there. Um, but anyway... That is basically uh, the episode, and I know that there's a ton more to talk about, um, and, and I apologize, we got started really late, but, um, but yeah, that basically covers it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Thank you, Marissa. I love the light show. <laughs> So, first of all, if you guys have any predictions, feel free to go ahead and leave them in the chat. Uh, let us know what you would like to see next season for season three. Um, for, for me, the main thing is Robert Rogers. Uh, now that he has been slighted by the crown, it is his personal vendetta to, um, to take down John Andre in any way he can. And there are a number of ways he can go about doing that. And it looks like the first attempt is going to be, uh, helping, quote unquote, Abe <laughs> with the culprit ring. Although it's kind of hard to say because yes, he, he's, the way he puts it is that he wants to show them how to set a proper trap. I don't really know if they're going to want to work with him because as clever and as useful as somebody like Rogers can be, ultimately, he is a murderer. He is a mercenary. He is somebody who has actively caused a lot of problems for them there in Setauket. So I have no idea if they're going to want to work with him, especially since the first thing he did was beat up Abe. <laughs> well, he spied on them for days, and then he beat up Abe. So I have no idea if they're going to feel like they can trust him. And I have no idea if they feel like they're going, even if they can trust him, if they're going to want to work with him in the first place, or if they're just going to ultimately think of him as a liability. Because if he's part of the Culper Ring, that is eventually going to get back to Washington, who holds absolutely no respect for Robert Rogers based on the history that they've had together. Um Although, I'll be honest, I haven't read the comics because there are comics that go into uh, the two of their history together. Um, so maybe if I've read those, maybe I would think differently. But from what we've seen in the show, Washington does not hold Rogers in high regard. And it's the same for him. Uh, or if they do respect each other, it's in that kind of hateful respect kind of way. Um, anyway... So that's my main prediction. Uh, Simcoe is going to go back to Setauket, um, and they're going to have to try, t and w they're going to have to try to figure out how to get him away, and that's either going to involve this, an assassination attempt and or trying to forge information from John Andre or actually legitimately trying to get him sent away on assignment somewhere else. Um, but, Simcoe's not done, and we know that not only does he have a vendetta against Abe, uh, Caleb, and Ben, but Hewlett as well, and he's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, and we know that for a fact he still has feelings for Anna. Um, in terms of character relationships, I think Anna and Abe, uh, even though it's not officially done, I think they're going to wrap that up, because uh, we talked about it last episode. A love pentagram? Or a love 
Pentagon. It's a little too much. A uh, love, couple love triangles here and there, okay. But there's like a love Pentagon with Anna. So I would prefer to see um, Abe and Mary kind of move more and kind of strengthen their, their relationship because Mary's awesome. Uh, Abe doesn't know how good he has it. And so I would like to see their relationship strengthened as she gets more and more involved in protecting him and the spy ring uh, because she says she doesn't believe in their cause, but she believes in Abe. And that's what's most important to her. And I wholeheartedly believe her when she says that. And so there's that. But Richard still opposes. And we've seen that a couple of times in this episode. And I will say it's kind of disappointing to see um, to see Richard kind of take a back seat these last couple episodes because he's just sort of quietly dissenting. I feel like that can't go on. He knows too much. Uh, he can't really keep ignoring this. So I feel like next season he's he's going to have to make a choice to either get involved or to actively oppose his son uh, instead of just kind of pouting in the corner like a petulant child. And I feel like even though he is pouting and uh, he he acts and throws tantrums every now and then, ultimately I don't ever think he could turn in Abe. So I think what he's going to do is ultimately choose to help his son as well. So Abe's whole family will be in on the ring as well, which will definitely make things a little easier um, in terms of stuff on the home front. It's not going to make things easier in terms of dealing with Hewlett, though. Um, and that is the big question mark for next season because they haven't explicitly said it, but Anna has developed some feelings, whether those are platonic feelings or romantic feelings. Um, again, hasn't outwardly be, been stated, but she certainly doesn't want Hewlett dead, um, uh, because he's a good man. And so that, it creates a big question mark for next season, because we've already established that Abe would be perfectly fine with killing Hewlett where he stands. Um, because as far as Abe is concerned, Hewlett is a threat to their ring there in Setauket. Well, um, 72 says Anna's loyalty will be divided. Ooh. That's what they think. I mean, that makes sense. And we we also kind of forget her husband is still around. He's not dead. Poor Sila. He's just kind of been left. It is kind of a shame he was left out this season. Um, maybe he'll come back next season, um, depending on what kind of dynamic they want to kind of throw at us. Um uh, Personally, like I said, I ship the Anna Hewlett thing. But ultimately, even if they choose to go that route, ultimately he's going to find out what she's been doing eventually. And that is either going to break his heart, um, cause him to turn on her, or it will cause him to sort of rethink his own position. Um Either that or some combination of those three things. I genuinely worry because he is such an honorable man. He's a romantic and he clearly loves her. But if he were to find out that one of the reasons he fell in love with her was because of her act of bravery and her patriotism and loyalty to the king, that's one of the reasons why he fell in love with her. So if he found out that was a lie, that was a sham uh, because she was in love with somebody else at the time. I genuinely don't know how that would affect him. Um, I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants, so maybe he'd still be in love with her despite that. Um, but he has a very strict sense of honor 
and loyalty, so uh, loyalty specifically to the crown. So that will definitely be a dynamic to probably come up next season. Um, again, hashtag renew turn. Uh, well, that do- just about does it for me uh, in terms of my predictions. Uh, Marissa, you really, really, really should start watching this show because it's fantastic. I know. I need to get on it. Well, Obviously, I'm missing out. You like Jamie Bell, right? I love Jamie Bell. Yeah. The whole first season is on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I know. So, it's in my queue. I'm getting to it. What I'm going to do now that season two is done, I will, I'm going to need my fix. I'm going to go ahead and binge watch uh, season one again. And uh, wait anxiously for season two. We can binge two. watch it together. Heck yes. We'll make a day of it. That's It'll be Netflix. fun. So I'm going to go ahead and binge watch it. Um, the first season is available on DVD and Blu-ray. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already done so. Um, if you haven't already done so, also, please follow my uh, co-host, Kristen Carroll, at KristenCarroll13 on Twitter. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. I've started writing articles for the movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. And... Stay tuned later on tonight. Popcorn Talk and the Movie Chick have something special coming up for you guys. So be sure to check that out later on tonight. I wanted to say thank you to everybody who participated in the hashtag. Thank you to everybody who participated in the live chat. I, I've looked at a couple of your comments. You guys are a hoot, and I really appreciate you guys staying up late to chat with us tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Like I said, if you haven't already done so, go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We will see you guys next season, fingers crossed. Until then, have a wonderful night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 